Mom, Dad, don't ask me to choose. They're not your parents, I'm not your sister, and that's not your golf cart. Oh. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. And today we're talking about season three, episode 10, Where the Bugalo Roam. You know what I always say? Just give me that home, Where the Bugalo Roam. You do say that a lot. It's, it's very odd. It, it is really weird because they're not real things, and the fact that you bring it up all the time is a little Wait, weird. you say they're not real, but I can see one out the window. You, I th- it, they sure seem indigenous to this region of the United States. To Portland. Yes, specifically Bug- Portland. Bugalo are native to Portland. I mean, can't you see it out the window? I don't know where to go from here. <laughs> I mean, do I feed this weird delusion that you're having, considering all the windows are closed? <laughs> well, you didn't have to tell the audience that. <laughs> and just because you just because the window is closed doesn't mean you can't see through it. You've also got them curtained up pretty good. That is correct, yes. Um, I well, mean, you, all could, right. you could have x-ray vision. You could be wearing x-ray specs. Ooh, I do have x-ray. They're prescription. You need them to see stuff on the other side of stuff. I appreciate the rejection of the usual improv yes and on this. It's like, no, I'm not, not going on this one with you. <laughs> so I appreciate that. Usually I'm happy to keep going along with, with you on those bizarre journeys that you always take. But mm-hmm. this time... This time it's too far. This time I'm just shutting that down right now. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's, I guess let's just talk about the episode then. You sound so disappointed. Well, it seemed like it. Whoa, holy cow. There's a bugalo (laughs) out the window. You are totally right, Mike. Somehow this, this feels very patronizing and I, and I feel even less good. Whoa, look Look at how it's flying. It is a majestic creature hanging out the window, flying out there in front of my window. So the Planet Express crew goes to <laughs> Mars, um, which is uh, on screen credited as the mightiest of planets. I would just like to point out for the first time in many, many, many episodes, it doesn't start with them at Planet Express watching TV. It's tr- <laughs> It does start like that very often. Because I feel like the last handful of episodes, like we do our opening bit and then it's like, we start at Planet Express where they're watching television. And this is like the first time in a while where it has been something different. Yeah, they're off doing stuff in the universe, which is nice. Uh, The Planet Express ship lands at the Wong Ranch. You've come to the Wong place. I will admit I really love that joke, even though it's I a, probably shouldn't. It's 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 kind of funny. I mean, it's it's pretty good. Um, yeah, I, it's not like a, it's not like a joke you want to like build something off of. It's a good one off. 
they ring the doorbell and it's this like country twang midi that plays and it's just like it's less than eight bit it's fantastic mrs wong is like oh no it's amy and her weirdos (laughs) let them in and then they welcome them with open arms yeah they're super nice like face to face Mm -hmm. but kind of mean otherwise that's not like the wongs i know at all they're so welcoming of zoidberg uh that will change spoiler alert (laughs) um spoiler alert on the podcast about the episode that we watched so it turns out that the planet express crew is there to go to a mars day celebration which is apparently way better than earth day because it's a big empty planet throw trash wherever you want well also they have a barbecue who has a barbecue for earth day true we definitely don't have that Mm mm-hmm we usually have a week of NBC sitcoms telling us how to go green, and Al Gore's usually on them. Sure, and th- but then we get things like Envirodale. That's true. That's a good. Oh, that's a good community it, episode. It's a good community episode. <laughs> Welcome to Ben and Mike Review Community. Man, if I had all the time in the world, mm-hmm. I would absolutely be like, "All right, we're also going to do a community podcast." So, community, Quantum Leap, Futurama. Mm-hmm. What else? I mean, you, Steven kn- Universe. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Just a whole suite of podcasts. A network of podcasts. Of us talking about television shows. Yeah, it's going to be great. We're going to get all the people listening to this. Ben's Television Network podcasts. I don't know that it's my network. We built this network on on rock rock and and roll. roll. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's not even... I don't even feel good about that. Okay, because so, it's factually inaccurate. It is factually inaccurate. We built this network on a dumb podcast. We're two of the most uncool people ever, and we're like, yeah, we built this on rock and roll. Yeah. I, I don't know why you say we're so uncool. We're doing a podcast about Futurama. <laughs> we are the coolest. If there was an equivalent of being beat up at school for lunch money as an adult, we'd be doing that. We'd be getting done that right now. <laughs> We'd be getting beaten up and having our lunch money taken perpetually on a daily basis. It's true, but you know what they say. And by they, I think I mean Jesus. (laughs) The meek will inherit the earth. Okay. And I think in this one, we're the meek. (laughs) Well, let's just... Let's let's keep inheriting the earth with this awesome (laughs) Futurama podcast that we're doing... Um, I have a feeling that somebody will be like, this podcast is, is what they get when inheriting the earth. I don't want to live on this planet anymore. Thanks. Thanks for that intro, Jesus. So let's keep going. Um, I can't. Now I've just got this vision of Jesus, like throwing it over to Conan. <laughs> <laughs> so Conan's just doing stuff with his hair and Jesus is just like laughing along. The Wongs say, make yourself at home, and Zoidberg's like, I already did. By the way, do you have any more of this Don Perignon bubble bath? (laughs) I only managed to fill the tub halfway. They are very upset. To be fair, if if I had a bottle of that and he poured it into the tub, I'd be really mad too. Oh, absolutely. And I'm Um, not stinking rich like the Wongs are. So, as always, I'm going to... uh, spoil grades a little bit but i do just want to point out (laughs) how much i love this zoidberg b plot of him just trying to live the rich life 
It's going to keep oh, coming man. back so many times, and it's so good. It is so good. And as somebody that's on Team Zoidberg, and I, and I do notice that we seem to be gathering some steam on the social media. Um, as somebody that is Team Zoidberg, this is a very good episode for Zoidberg. Also, thank you for joining Team Zoidberg. We'll have uh, refreshments in the corner. Uh, what refreshments are provided at Team Zoidberg meetings? Anchovies. Okay. And brine shrimp. Okay. No no liquids. Okay. So um, for those who are interested in coming to the Team Bender meeting, uh, refreshments, <laughs> refreshments will be provided. It will be martinis. Mm-hmm martinis mm-hmm. and beer mm-hmm. what about malt liquor i mean yeah okay mm-hmm. malt liquor and your hard liquor like i think he drinks whiskey in this episode so mm-hmm. just all those liquids uh if, we, if only we could combine our teams and we'd have such a good seafood dr- be- alcohol beverage corner all right, let's combine let's combine this party. Sounds great. So a joint party by teams Bender and Zoidberg. So they uh tour the complex and uh the farmers seem to be unrolling these like rolls of farm. I don't I don't know how to describe this better because they're just like rolls of dirt that already grown corn is on. It is kind of a weird visual, for sure. It's it's like rolling out a carpet. But, but corn's of, growing out of it, and it's dirt, like right, like a, like a yeah, like a carpet of dirt. No, that's totally how farming goes. Additionally, it, it, on Mars it does. We find out that the Wongs own the entire Western Hemisphere, the best hemisphere. Same thing on Earth, and seventeen point nine million acres. Was it million or billion? I might have missed. Oh well. And also that. Um, well, I may be jumping the gun a little bit. I don't remember when it gets explained, but basically uh, they got the land because uh, Mr. Wong's like grandfather, mm-hmm. Reginald tra- Wong, traded a be- a single bead to the native Martians for the entire planet. Mm-hmm. It seems like a bad deal. It does. Also, I kind of have to wonder what sort of political dealings means that Mr. Wong only gets half the planet if his grandfather traded for the entire planet. Well, Mars University is there, so it's probably not that he had to sell it. He probably donated it. Half the planet? Tax write-off, my friend. Ooh, okay. Now you're thinking like a Richmond. Okay. Like, like, I definitely said Richmond. Like yeah, like a, like a Richmond. I'm thinking like Richmond, Virginia. Yeah, that's the the one I've been to. Excellent. <laughs> um, so then they get to the bugalo, mm-hmm. the the mini mini bugalo that the Wongs own. They're good for meat, milk, and the bu- bugalo shells make really good uh, uh, rowboats. Yeah, so they're like basically giant beetles mm-hmm. that have sort of a cow like white and black spotting on their shells yeah they're referred to cattle a lot so they're you know yeah they're, they're bug cattle basically right they're yeah bug cattle i don't i'm not comfortable with that as a statement but you're correct fair enough you are technically correct the best kind of correct <laughs> um when when uh the wongs show off the fact that they're good robots zoiberg is paddling across a little lake saying we i already broke your tv it's it's incredible. 
we also find out that Kif is going to be here, and and this is going to be the first time that they meet Kif, kind of, because technically they introduced yeah Kif to her on the Titanic, but only as uh, the assistant to the Zap. So so they don't really know Kif as boyfriend sure. of their daughter. Sure. I, I I also want to point out a few things. Um, they instead of branding the bugalo, they brand they brand everything they don't own. Including Hermes's uh, briefcase, which he says, "Don't do that again." Uh, additionally, they meet uh, Amy's personal bugalo, Betsy. Ah, uh, yes, I almost forgot about Betsy. That's important. Uh, they're going to eat Betsy at Amy's wedding. Uh, Amy says, "Don't, don't say that in front of my boyfriend." And then, yeah, that's when we find out Kiff mm-hmm. is going to be there, and so he's getting a pep talk from Zap, who uh, always the best person to get a pep talk from. Just straight up is like, the quickest way into a girl's bed is through her parents. Have sex with them, and you're in. I, nope, I don't even want to. Where, on a scale of one to ten, where do we rate that on Zap's uh, dating advice? Remind me what the scale is again. Is it one, mostly gross, or t- and ten, super immediate, uh, horrible gross? It goes from a scale of... One being awful to one being awful. <laughs> then I'm going to have to give it a one. Excellent. I'm glad we've used this time on our podcast to have that discussion. Actually, I think I'll have a mega one. Thank you. Um, so yeah, that there's not much else about that other than Kif is worried about meeting the Wongs. Um, so we go to the Mars Day picnic. Uh, the country DJ, which is named Mixmaster Festus, which uh, Bender first incorrectly calls vanilla corn. I kind of prefer vanilla corn. Me too. Um, he's dropping some barnyard bombs. I just like that it's this like nice country dance song, and then he just keeps kind of scratching it. So it's like, <laughs> and it's not in, in beat with anything. Yeah, like, it super... totally interrupts the <laughs> the flow the flow of the song, where it's this like nice country music, and then like, yeah, that was my impression of. <laughs> scratching a record no i mean it, i just I, it's the whole the whole thing the 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 impression the actual thing it's all very good <laughs> they also have uh in maybe one of my favorite jokes in the entire episode uh they have a, a truck full of barbecue sauce back up and like they hook a hose in like uh-huh. it's at a, a gas station and then another one comes in and it's pepto-bismol <laughs> I mean, you need it. You need all that much. And then Fry is just pumping out Pepto-Bismol onto these, like... Ribs. Yeah. I mean, it's, it looks kind of like ribs. It's actually, like, more of a grass giant grasshopper leg. Um, Fair enough. But it's it's still the visual that's that's just and it's incredible. just coated this, in this, this pink bright goo. pink goo is just Ugh. oh man it's so gross and such a great joke it's like such, it's such a great subversion of what you'd expect would be coming out of that like just you are going to eat so much at this barbecue that just forget waiting till afterwards oh, to yeah. down that Pepto Bismol. Might as well just, eat it. Just dump that stuff right there on the ribs. If, it's fine. If you eat them together, it'll S- be better. Saves you a trip, right? And it's all going to the same place. So like <laughs> it's fine. Just saves you a trip. 
Yeah, you know, like you're gonna be you're gonna be so exhausted from eating so much of this barbecue, you're not gonna want to get up to go get that Pepto Bismol. Oh, just okay. put it right there. I on see. The... I, I I thought you were talking about after you eaten it all, with the trip you'd be making after all of that. Where what the Pepto Bismol is supposed to be helping with? You'll be saving trips there too. So <laughs> once you're exhausted from eating all this food. <laughs> Then it's time for your secondary journey. <laughs> so uh, we then learn more about the the ah yes this the is history where it comes behind up with the trading for the uh, bead. Yes, Reginald Wong bought Mars from the uh, Martians for one bead. Um, this is this is why we're having Mars Day. Um, everyone laughs. Leela is c- uh, complaining about the exploitation of the Martians, and Fry says, "Isn't it funny?" It's like, yes, but you don't have to laugh about it. We also meet RJ the Cowboy, who is basically just the Marlboro Man. That is a... I can never say that brand correctly. It's it's true. I watched uh, a couple of takes on that. And yeah, he's just a cowboy smoking cigarettes and talking about how it's where the flavor lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's basically insulting Kiff. He gives him a cigarette and Kiff starts coughing immediately after being given the cigarette, even before it's lit. I and mean, then coughs again. I get, I, I feel that like I'm pretty sensitive to to like cigarette smoke, so like I know that feel, Kiff. No, I get it, but it's it's also played for laughs because he's just. Oh, I oh no, I get I get that it's a joke, but also like Kiff, sure. Kiff, I feel you, bro. Like, well, and it's important because that that uh, aversion to smoking that Kiff has is an important plot beat. In another great awkward Zoidberg moment, <laughs> uh, yes, he. I don't even remember what they're talking about. All I oh, okay, uh, go ahead. Yeah. Zoidberg says something, and then the Wongs are like, "You've been here for five hours, and you've torn up the couch, drawn a mustache on a priceless painting, and filled the pool with brine shrimp." And then he he tells them that he's fertilized their their caviar for them while he's eating. A cracker with caviar on it. And 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 this is one of the best kind of like comedic beats they could have done here. He just kind of stares at the caviar and moves his like uh, his jaw a couple times like just forward. And Zoidberg oh. just has that same like eh eh sort of expression his, on his face. And the framing of the like the the screen, he's like right up on him. It's very good. That that is probably my favorite joke in the whole thing. Other like that, and then the Pepto Bismol yeah. truck, um, both very good. It, yeah, it's 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 very good. Good jokes at the beginning. Um, so Kiff is still really nervous about meeting the Wongs. We also find out because somebody talks about like breaking bones or whatever kiff's like actually i don't have bones i'm supported by a system of fluid filled bladders and like i love that (laughs) because he delivers this line later on in the episode and he gives it with the exact same inflection and it's like man you know he has his whole speech prepared about how he's supported with a system of fluid filled bladders and no one seems to care no one will let him get through the first sentence and man, you know he's got a whole like five minute presentation. Oh. He probably has a PowerPoint presentation at a ready at a moment's notice. Oh man, and you know it's got those animations, like stuff zooming in, like maybe even, like, even a star wipe. Oh, oh yeah, man. he spent hours on that presentation. I bet. Oh, I oh hours like tens of hours. 
Uh, Kiff finally meets the Wongs, and they both really dislike him immediately because he's kind of a wuss, which he is kind of a wuss. Um, uh, Kiff tries to act tough by smoking a cigarette, but puts it in his mouth the incorrect way and, and then faints. Still lights it and tries to smoke it. Mm-hmm. He also turns bright yellow mm-hmm. when he is usually a kind of uh, stereotypically non-Futurama Martian green. Sure. That sentence tracked. Uh, not really, but that's fine. <laughs> well, I think I think there was an idea at the very beginning of the show where it's like, oh, this person could be a Martian if they were going to do the usual tropes. Later, uh, Amy consoles Kiff by telling him her parents left after he passed out, so they didn't see him puke. Yeah, that's good comfort right there. I mean, there's a silver lining there. I suppose. But then we get this like weird sound... Um, and then a sandstorm appears and everybody rushes into the house and then this like sandstorm tornado comes mm-hmm. and just sweeps up all of the bugalo. Mm-hmm. It, the, the visual of this is like this, like th- again, another great use of 3d, this just tornado comes in and just immediately dissipates and all the bugalo are gone. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very good visual. And so, yeah, it turns out the the bugalo have been rustled under the cover of the storm. And uh, the Wong's like, oh, no, we're ruined. Who's going to do something about this? Uh, One eye or or drunken garbage can. Uh, Hermes gets up and says, this is a job for. And then Kiff interrupts him with Kiff. Lieutenant Kiff Croker. And then Hermes sits back down and just like, okay. And then just starts chowing down in this bowl of <laughs> potato chips. It's it's truly a great Hermes moment. That's sort of my, uh, like, in this moment, Hermes is my hero. Where it's just like, <laughs> well, somebody's got to do it. And then I'm like, maybe, oh, someone else did it. Potato chips. Oh, no, no, uh-huh. just... Like making the grand gesture and then realizing that you're not going to do it. And it's like, yes, I got, I, I want it both ways. If you hesitate mm-hmm. in making that grand gesture statement, somebody else will have already finished your statement. Sure. And then you can eat potato chips. Life hack. Well, if you hesitate too much, you don't get to make the grand statement. So you don't win. Then you just look lazy and like exactly. you just wanted you... to sit at home eating potato chips. Which I mean, Hermes probably wanted to do anyway. Right. But he being a bureaucrat... A smart guy, too. A smart guy knows the exact right timing to make that grand gesture with just enough delay to end up eating potato chips. Mm -hmm. He's truly... We we can all learn a thing or two from Hermes. He's truly an icon. Truly. (laughs) So, yes, Kiff is going to take on the responsibility of getting the bugalo back. Um, And the bugalo were were making the Wongs rich. All I've got here is Zoidberg is acting and is in the middle of acting like he's a Wong and Amy just like, you are not a Wong. They are not your parents and I am not your sister and that is not your golf cart. Yeah, the golf cart bit is is so good because yeah. he just, he slowly backs it up and it's making that backing up yeah. beeping noise. It's it's quite good. Um, like I said, that whole B plot with Zoidberg oh, it's is just, so good. It's choice. Um, so then Kiff comes into the room dressed in his cowboy finest and he then starts to detail his plan to take the remaining bugalo on a cattle drive. Yeah, essentially the the idea of the plan is 
that the rustlers will see the bugalo and make their move to get the rest of them. And at that mo- at that moment, Kiff is going to hop out and make a citizen's arrest. It's a sensible plan. For a sensible alien. There you go. It didn't work as a rhyme, but I appreciate it anyway. The professor says it is a very dangerous mission and somebody may well die. So Fry, Leela, Bender, I want you to go with him. And they all groan. And I just like the sort of satisfied smile that he gives after that. (laughs) Like somehow he just, he gets off just a little bit Mm -hmm. on sending crews to their death. He, we all get enjoyment out of things. This is what the professor gets enjoyment out of. I thought you were going to say we all get enjoyment out of sending crews to their <laughs> death. Well, I mean, you know, professor do the professor. You do you. I, I mean, do me. I, I don't want to yuck anyone's yum, but that sounds a little disastrous it's to true. be into. It's true. But hey, you know, to each their own. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they find out that the only bugalo left is Betsy. Amy's special one. And so, yeah, they kind of go on their way. Also, Betsy seems to be really taken with Kef. It's true. Like, tackles him and starts licking him in his face like a a nice little puppy. But but it's a very large bugalo. They go on their way, and the plan is that they are going to Olympus Mons, the largest volcano in the solar system. I I do want to point out, as they're going to Olympus Mons, all of their horses are actually spiders yeah i forgot about that mostly because it's like a split second shot too i'm okay with forgetting about it because gross fair enough and i also apologize to anybody listening that is a uh, doesn't like to hear or discuss those at all so i apologize so yeah they go to olympus mons the biggest volcano in the solar system where I I do love uh, that callback that keeps coming up where Fry's just like, where? Um, like right in front of us. Oh, oh. It's he, very good. He does that a couple of times. Also, uh, because again, science nerd, and I, I keep pointing out how wrong they kept getting <laughs> things like landing on Neptune. Sure. Olympus Mons is actually the largest volcano in the solar system. Hey. So if I'm going to point out the, the mistakes, I'm going to also point out the correct uh the correct facts well good job writers of futurama there are also some shots that show both of mars's moons phobos and deimos which uh, are like weird oddly shaped and they're shown pretty correctly i don't know if the scale is 100 percent accurate but you know they've actually put their homework into this one so well done well hats off to them for doing their homework so they they camp up at near the top and uh, they start, uh, that night, they start telling scary stories. I really enjoy Bender's that he's like, and even though the computer was often unplugged, an image stained on, stayed on the screen. It was the Windows logo. It's not very scary. It is if you're a laser printer. <laughs> it's it's, it's think, that follow-up. Yeah, the, that punchline is so good. Yeah. Well, um, because it's like, what wasn't it a printer that caused the blue screen of death at the like Windows ninety eight? Oh, I think um, you're right. Yeah. Uh huh. Like, oh, that's good, another layer. Good, okay. Good callback. So yeah, uh, the story is that when uh, Bill Gates himself, I believe, was uh, demoing Windows ninety five or ninety eight, mm-hmm. uh, one of those two, like they were showing off the ease ease with which you can plug in peripherals and he plugged in a printer and blue screened the whole thing 
Um, it's a moment that lives on in geek history and f- a nice reference from Futurama on that. I honestly didn't realize that was a reference, but I like it. Um, so Fry is finally really good at something, uh, as Leela points out, because he's able to find pretty much any twist in any of the ghost stories that they try to tell. Well, and that's... It's not even that he finds a twist. It's that, like, they start with one line, and he's like, hook on the hand. Like, he already knows the story from that first line. That's true. Maybe he's just he just really remembers all these stories. But Leela does say, thank God you're finally good at something. Uh-huh. And then he tells a story that is basically, like, a bunch of people on a cattle drive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... a. I don't even remember the whole it's, thing. It's a long list. I'll, I'll get like the audio clip and put it in here. Yeah. Um, then, while they sat helplessly around the campfire, a demented, knife-wielding, escaped lunatic, libertarian, zombie mutant snuck up. I just like the fact that it's like a zombie libertarian yeah, or something the, like that. The libertarian that. does get in there. Uh, which is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so at the same time as he's giving the the climactic ending of his scary story... Amy comes out of the bushes and says, Good timing, Amy. Fantastic. So they are kind of on the side of the of Olympus Mons and just staring up at the stars. And they have a, a romantic moment mm-hmm. of, I don't remember exactly what they say. Um, Kiff is super proud of himself for being a rugged outdoor man who has a blister and... Spits. Tells no one his feelings, although he still has them. He'll write it in his diary later. And then Amy like jumps on top of him, mm-hmm. and then there's this rumbling that happens. And, and Kif thinks that they just made love. Well, because Amy's like, what was that? And Kif is like, I don't know. Maybe we just made love. Like, it's... Oh, Kif. I mean, I get it because we find out in later episodes how his species that is true reproduces. So, like, I can't even give him that hard of a time of uh, on that Th- one. That's so. true, and and I assume that they had this idea for him how he reproduces. So you're 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 right. I shouldn't be so hard on Kif. Uh, it turns out that the rumbling was that in the crater atop of Olympus Mons, all of the bugalo have been stashed there. A very convenient find. Um, Very convenient. Which I'm not find. going to point out the plot holes in this uh, Deus Ex Machina of Bugalos and Craters. Bugalo X Craterus. Nailed it. Um, Perfect. Boom. <laughs> uh, the next morning, they set some dynamite uh, to get the bugalo <laughs> out, and uh, and they they do offer a, a side idea where if. The Wongs have a thousand uh, helicopters to lift them all out. As Amy's saying, well, actually, uh, Bender says too late and then blows up the uh, He specifically the says too late. This is more fun. <laughs> and then pushes the plunger. That. And then, yeah, all the bugalo explode out down the side of the, it, the volcano. And it looks like this volcano is just erupting in a bugalo. Volcano of cow beetles. Oh, what a wonderful phrase. What a wonderful phrase. <laughs> I was going for Kakuna Matata, but okay. <laughs> I don't know why I went to What a Wonderful World, but I did, and I stand by my choice. Well, I'm glad you stand by it. It's really, when we make choices, we have to stand by them. Um, the thing I love about this 
is that when asked why he came up with this theory, Kiff says that he took a seminar on ejecting chickens from a sand dune. It's the same principle. Under what circumstances <laughs> are you going to need to have the knowledge that is provided by this seminar? Uh, follow-up question. Who is teaching it and why? Another follow-up to that. Who would go to this? Kiff. New podcast idea. How to eject chickens from a sand dune by that, Ben and Mike. That doesn't seem like a very long, uh, long-winded podcast. You just get some some dynamite and do it. God, well, you ruined that idea. Uh, they ruined it in the episode of Futurama we're talking about. So they are having this celebratory moment where everything is solved forever, despite the fact that, you know, it's like 10 more minutes in this episode, but they don't know that. <laughs> yes, they don't. Uh, the same sound from the barbecue starts again. Which Fry calls the barbecue's over sound. You know, he's not wrong. He's very good at correlating the the sound and what it means. Uh-huh. So, bravo, Fry. So, another uh, sandstorm comes and lifts them all up into the eye of the storm. And we see some uh, native Martians fly in on top of Bugalo. Huh. I didn't know they could fly. And turns out that they can, but only for those who revere Mother Mars. I see. Uh, so yeah, we get we get introduced to the Native Martians, mm-hmm. which are straight up Native American stereotypes. Yeah. Now, unlike in Amazon Women in the Mood, I'm gonna give them a little bit of leeway on this as sort of a more satirical thing because we're already doing a very stereotypical like cattle drive western sort of movie. Sure. And unfortunately, a lot of the uh, westerns uh have native americans portrayed in such a way sure so i'm i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna try to meet them halfway here sure but yes it's very very stereotypical sure um not a great portrayal but that's that's my little uh soapbox just i i will say that we haven't gotten to it yet but the native american motive or the native martian motives are pretty valid i would say Oh, sure. I mean, they felt like they've got the raw end of the deal because they traded an uh, entire sacred planet for a bead. Yeah, so. But, um, but we'll, we'll put a pin in that one and come back to it later. So rather than take the bugalo, they decide they're just going to take Amy because it's, you know, easier and she's right there. Yeah, and, and she even introduces herself as Amy Wong. Mm-hmm. So... They return back to the Wong Ranch with all the bugalo, mm-hmm. but without Amy. And the Wong seem really happy, and then Kiff says that, that he's got some bad news. And the Wong say... Um, they want Amy to tell it to so that it softens the blow. So a sandstorm comes in, like a very small one, and delivers a ransom note. And uh, in maybe the only good, re- the truly good joke that it comes from all of this weird stereotyping we're doing between yeah, there's the Native amount, American yeah. and the uh, uh, Amy's parents who um, we haven't even mentioned are very uh, broken Ster- English sort <laughs> of um, way of talking but there's a note that says um, 
we take daughter, us want land. And then Mr. Wong is like, it's the native Martians. I know it, quote, I know it them because they not use good grammar. Like, I think that's pretty funny. Mm -hmm. From some kind of problematic. Yeah. Yeah. So Kiff pretty much just begs to be the one to go get her back. But the Wongs, they say no. Uh, they they want to send the most decorated uh, man in the in the universe, Zap Brannigan, the man with no name. Zap's plan is to go to the Martians' land and uh, negotiate with them for the return of Amy. But they live in a reservation underground. They've been gently encouraged to live on an, a reservation underground. Uh, a phrasing that I enjoy the irony of yeah it's a very self-aware line by the writers it's true so yeah they're gonna go to the the martian reservation the uh professor says this is a dangerous mission that somebody (laughs) could die fry bender leela and bender goes damn you old man so they they go off and um betsy follows kiff again he can't Mm -hmm. seem to to get rid of betsy yeah they they, uh, betsy's taking a real liking to him and in one of my favorite Zap moments, because uh, he's giving Kiff a lot of trouble for like, oh, it looks like you brought your girlfriend. And then when Kiff says that he can't, uh, she, she won't leave him alone. It's like, oh, did I say girlfriend? Sounds more like a wife. And then like everybody is dead silent and a literal tumbleweed <laughs> just rolls it's in true. front of the camera. The, the camera even pulls out to a uh-huh. wider shot. It's just, it is tremendous. It's probably like my favorite zap moment because it's just it's it's really like the writers are like yeah he's not likable no one likes him well, no one wants this joke a lot of people like we've discovered through this podcast oh, quite there's... a lot of people enjoy him well I'm talking but, about in universe yeah that's true at least in that moment not a, he did not have any people he did not like have him. any fans no no it'd be like if while recording this podcast a tumbleweed just came through. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it didn't be improvement. And uh, one download this week from Tumbleweed. T- Weird. Uh, it usually it just it gives an IP address, but this time it, it just says, it literally just says Tumbleweed. Huh. <laughs> um, Best not to look into it. They go to the Great Stone Face of Mars. It's the only known entrance to the reservation. What about the Great Stone Ass of Mars? That's on the other side, whole other side of the planet. I love, I love the idea. Of the, oh, it's connected. Uh-huh. It's wonderful. So they go in through like the nostrils mm-hmm. of I believe, the great stone face of I, Mars. I believe Zap says, nose word ho. And they go into the reservation and... They're immediately greeted with, with archers. Uh-huh. And the thing... my. Again, a lot of stereotypes and whatnot. My favorite part about this is when uh, Zap throws the can of slurm on the ground, mm-hmm. and it sort of mimics that famous uh, anti-littering ad campaign with the uh, the crying Native American. My and favorite thing is the subversion right at the very right, end. Right, because Leela's like, they have such reverence for their planet, and then he picks it up, and he's like, Cynthia used to drink slurm. <laughs> like... It's pretty wonderful. Yeah. Like, it's a, it's a really deep hurt for this one Mar- Martian man. Just like, I... Oh, Cynthia. Uh, th- 
Zap tries to negotiate with them by saying a lot of stupid things. Oh, it goes poorly. It goes very poorly. It's a it's a Zap negotiation. It of course it goes poorly. I mean, he literally says to the chief who has just introduced himself as the chief to take me to your leader. The chief just kind of like looks at him for a moment, is like, huh? And uh, it it gets so bad that the chief has even like the time for stupid statements is over. <laughs> And then they all, all of the native Martians start that weird, like, uh, the, the barbecue's over noise. Yeah, and then they conjure up a sandstorm. Oh, yeah, they, they have brought out uh, Amy during this negotiations, mm-hmm. which is important because in the sandstorm, Amy gets sort of sucked up into this mm-hmm. whirlwind. And then Kiff hops on Betsy and flies up to save her. Mm-hmm. I will say that the sandstorm does reveal the giant face of Mars as part of an entire body. Oh yeah. I, fr- uh, I always like forget a, about that kind part. of a native mm-hmm. American or native Mar- Martian art kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It also damages uh, Mars university and the ranch, which Zoidberg is very worried about and gets beaten up with a giant moose head. Yeah. They are not happy with him right now. So Amy is stuck in the storm, but Kiff flies in on Betsy to save her. And so the chief calls everybody to stop because Kiff truly has reverence for Mother Mars because he can fly the bugalo. He has the gift. And so they decide to smoke the peace pipe to... The ceremonial peace pipe, yep. ...to uh, resolve this conflict and and they go off to... Uh, mm-hmm. Well, Kiff is, Kiff is worried because he sure. has not successfully been able to smoke... Mm-hmm. this entire episode the chief says he has to smoke it peacefully or they'll kill him uh-huh that's a statement mm-hmm. uh so he uh he's still worried about it but he ends up doing it and he's he's actually doing it he gets yeah he gets pretty excited about the fact that he can actually inhale and not choke mm-hmm. um but then so he, he goes in and takes a second he gets cocky because he goes in and takes mm-hmm. a second puff. Well, I would suggest that it's not his fault. Well, yes, but my point is he gets cocky, takes a second puff, and then somebody slaps him on the back. The chief does. And then he starts coughing, and this makes the chief and uh, his tribe very upset. Oh, it's a grave insult to cough out the peace pipe smoke. Yeah, like they... They say, okay, well, you coughed at our offer of peace, so now you must die. And they strap him down to this big uh, table. Mm-hmm. And then we find out that they are going to use the bead, which crushed their spirits, to crush Kif's bones. Which leads back to the discussion about Kif not having bones. Um, so, yes. So, they start lowering the giant bead down onto him. And the bead is actually a very, very, very extremely large diamond. Uh, Fry notices it first, which is always kind of interesting. Uh, Leela says it's a giant diamond and Bender kind of... uh, He takes out a little like uh, view... I don't know what they're called. They're the things that like prospectors use to like look at gems. Yeah, like a jewelry... I always think of I always uh, think of uh, the Seven Dwarves because I had a videotape when I was a kid that had like the hi ho hi ho song and there's mm-hmm. a bit where uh, they're looking at all the gems. I always think of the Seven Dwarves when I see one of those, even though mm-hmm. it's an actual common thing that really exists in real yeah, life. Yeah, like like if you go to a jewelry store, they have them and they use them because it's they need to inspect the diamonds and such. 
Right. And also dwarves and Snow White and the Seven Dwarves use them. Sure. So uh, Bender immediately reacts as if you've made me the happiest girl on the planet. We find out that the native Martians always just assumed the bead was worthless because their ancestors had no concept of ownership. So we can have the diamond back. No, because now they do have concept of ownership. I see. They decide that their plan is just forget Mars. They're going to fly off and find their own planet. With this kind of money, we'll act like it's sacred. Who's going to question us? No one. That's who. <laughs> I love their like resulting logic on this. Um, Amy, at, back at the Wong Ranch, Amy details the events of the episode to her parents. Uh, but they don't believe her, saying it must have been Zap. Must have. And Zap is even like, please, you give me too little credit. <laughs> uh, Zoidberg says, you're always welcome at Rancho <laughs> Zoidberg. And immediately gets thrown out and saying, being rich doesn't make you good people. I do like how by the end of the episode, he's just like, oh, yeah, it's my ranch now. Yeah, it's it's pretty. <laughs> he, he I mean, they have been on Mars for like 24 hours at this point. At most. And he's just like, Rancho Zoidberg. It's <laughs> they they tell him to treat it like home and then he immediately <laughs> thinks it's his. He has no concept of ownership in a very different way. A very different way. Um so that later that night, Amy and Kiff are sitting on the porch uh, on a porch swing. Um Kiff is sad because he, he the Wongs don't like him. Amy explains that obviously I think she says globviously. Yeah, globviously. Because I love when she does that. It's such a weird it's thing. It's such a anyways, wonderful thing. Globviously, if her parents liked Kiff, she wouldn't. Because that's how she operates. Mm-hmm. Um, she seems to also say, don't you know how girls work? So that's, I mean, that's how Amy works. She, it's absolutely how Amy works. And then they kiss, and then a herd of bugalo runs by, mm-hmm. and then you get that same rumbling. And then as Amy walks back into the, the house... Kiff pulls out his diary and is like, Dear Diary, I just made love for the second time. And that's where we leave the episode. And that means it's time for... Grades. Uh, This episode has a really, really good Zoidberg plot. I think we've touched on it over and over again. Zoidberg kind of like halved taking over being a Wong and then like taking over the Wong Ranch by Mm -hmm. calling it Rancho Zoidberg is really good. The rest of the episode is not definitely not as good. I, I think it it doesn't really match how funny it should be. Uh, the rest of the episode, so I mean, I, like there, there's problematic parts of it as well, which you've touched on. Um, it's very stereotypical of a lot of different people, which is not great. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it does have the Zoidberg subplot that's quite good. Um, I, I it's not an episode that I like look forward to with a rewatch. Um I, I don't think I can give it anything more than a B minus. Okay. Um so yeah, I'm actually gonna agree with you pretty much straight up. Like I love the I love the Zoidberg subplot. Uh it is hands down the best part of the episode. Um there are a lot of good one liners. Like I said, I love the Pepto Bismol truck. It's sure every time i just think it's one of the funniest things but and i i usually even like kiff i think kiff is a good character and i actually i i do really like a lot of kiff and amy's relationship because it's not what you would generally expect Mm -hmm. um 
because, you know, she's this rich girl, but she's into somebody that society considers pretty wussy and, you know, a a poor soldier, essentially. Mm -hmm. Like, and so I, I really do enjoy them usually. This is a pretty big exception where I'm just like, I don't really find most of the episode that enjoyable. Right. Uh, the jokes are pretty solid. The story less so. Yeah. Um, and so for that reason, I mean, right there with you, B minus. All right. Well, we're back on the same page from last week. So uh, we'd love to hear what you have to say. Yeah, you can always get in contact with us. There are plenty of ways to do so. You can email us at backtothefuturamapodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at backtofuturama. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash backtofuturama. And we are on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. And we would love it if you rate, review, and subscribe and share it with your friends so we can all enjoy in Rancho Zoidberg. Yeah, and did you know we're actually also on uh, Google Play Podcasts now? I actually did not. Yeah, I, I snuck that one in there. Nice. Um, so, so find us there too. Yeah, and it makes it easier for you to share this with your friends as well. So, yeah. And yeah, I think that is going to do it for us this week. So until next time, I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. Goodbye, Goodbye from, from the, the world, world of tomorrow. tomorrow.